these issues are so hot in uh, in my community that if I even raise a voice um, and you know and say no, this book is not obscene, um, I can be fired. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the TF Cast. I'm Willis. Hey, we got Grum here. It is August 23rd, 2023 here in the Solarium. And I am your host, Jacob Bases. Today with us, we have author Jeff Herbach, who is the author of the young adult fiction novel Hooper that has recently come up on a uh, list of books to be reviewed uh, in Iowa for, uh, I believe, sexual content. <laughs> um, uh, but we'll, we'll get to all of that. Um, Jeff, if you could just introduce yourself to the audience and uh, tell them a little bit about yourself and uh, the book and your experience learning about this. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm Jeff Herbach, and I've been writing uh, – oh, I, for a decade, I think, I wrote primarily young adult um, novels uh, and uh, – Tried to do uh, big voices or interesting voices that would appeal to uh, kids who aren't necessarily readers. Um, so it's been kind of my mission to to reach out to kids who don't like reading and give them things that they they might like. Um, so they tend to be, uh, you know, some some humor, uh, some funny stuff, uh, and and then um, you know sports or uh, major. Sort of dramatic clashes between people and band or something like that. Um, yeah. So the, the book Hooper is a, a basketball book. Um, and I, I am a, I'm a, I'm a fan of basketball. I'm actually a very short person. Uh, so never was, <laughs> never was particularly good at the, at the game, but I, I really love it. And, and having an opportunity to like, you know, study it and take a part, um, how the game works was was excellent, and um, you know, the, the thing I love to do is to be able to write that kind of thing in a way that is entertaining, um, and will then pull kids from that kind of gateway of sport um, or you know, dumbass humor uh, into uh, into thinking about you know societal issues or something um, deeper than than that sort of superficial. Uh, candy level on the top. Um, I thought Hooper was my sweetest and least controversial project ever. <laughs> um, there is, uh, you know, there's there's a, a sort of a lot of family love in the in the book, and uh, you know, a, sort of a, a, a sweet kind of outlook on how things could turn out if uh, if if. Uh, kids, you know, are kind to each other. Um, so it was shocking to get a, a message the other day that um, the book was on the the front page of the Des Moines Register as one of um, a bunch uh, getting challenged in the state of Iowa under this new law, um, which is, uh, yeah, an obscenity law mm -hmm. um, meant to protect kids from... Uh, evils of sex i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah and if anyone wants to just you know take a minute to go read the thing um it, it's it's the the bill is uh 496 in iowa and uh you can it, it is it is a very broadly defined uh book about how schools are gonna interact with uh sexual content and anything regarding gender and uh just generally it, it says almost nothing about what the book's context 
contact can content can be. It says there is not to be sexual content in the book if it's in a library. And it, to just to just say sexual content is a little bit absurd. And uh, a funny story about how I approached this was I I thought that this was uh, about the kind of like Texas and Tennessee style bills where a big thing that they had been going after was like how, you know, white people might be made to feel guilty about their race. And when I read the book, I I went and highlighted every passage about race. And then I I read the actual bill after I read the book and the the bill just said no sexual content. And there, there is two scenes in the book where there, maybe three where there's kissing. Um, And I believe there's one hand on the leg too. That's right. Uh, (laughs) Dangerous. Uh, Very dangerous. (laughs) So I I didn't mean to make light of the sexual content earlier in the introduction, but it it just is like, I laughed when I read the bill. I was like, it just simply doesn't exist in the book. No. Um, And the, the book does make some, uh, it it is a compelling story that, that deals with race. Uh, So there, there is some good stuff in there. Like if you want to, you know, give your kids something to read where uh, someone is kind of pushing up against, uh, like, uh, you know, a child learning about how race works in America. There is some of that in this book, and I, I think it's a good message. Um, but it, it wasn't for that, which is, like, uh, really sad, um, yeah. you know, that it was just for any mention of sexuality. How does that, how does that, how does, how does this kind of behavior resonate within, like the, I mean, you, you're a teacher, um, and, and a writer and you're educating new writers. I presume like, what's, what's the feeling? (sighs) I, you know, like this kind of wave of, of book banning that it feels like the epicenter was, you know, sort of the DeSantis Florida, um, Mm -hmm. um, moves in the last six months. And then Texas and Tennessee are, are both, um, quickly following suit and it's a, and, and I, you know, so it, it's kind of new. Um, it, what's interesting is that the, the fear in the writing community, I think has often been that their left-wing allies would see what they're writing as somehow crossing a line and being tone deaf and, or they're not getting it. And so that it would be, you know, pushback from the left that mm-hmm. would uh, would take out somebody whose you know intention is not to um, to to be offensive, and so the sudden like swing around from the right um, is is kind of new, and and I am real curious to to see students this semester um, deal with it for the for the first time. They've you know we've had a lot of conversations about um, how you know authorship and identity is uh, a real part of the creative process and that these are good conversations to be having um, and, you know, getting a, a like a, a, a well-tuned ear um, for, for, you know, what is great art to make for you and where you have like authority to, to speak on issues. Um, that's, that's been a conversation that we've been having, I feel like for, you know, five, six, seven years longer, probably. Um, and, and without fear that the, uh, you know, we just 
uh, the people on the right don't read, so it doesn't really <laughs> matter. Um, you know, so I've gotten complete emails from parents before um, because I in in my early books I dropped the f bomb a lot, and you know, they would say things like, "I can hear kids say this word," and but do we have to read it in a book? And I'd think. I'm not writing for you. I'm writing for the kids who are, you know, are getting hearing themselves reflected back in 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 literature. Um, so it, it it's kind of it's kind of a surprise. It's kind of a you know, I, this stuff happened in the well, you know, a long time ago. It happened all the time. It happened in the '80s. It happened in sort of like Tipper Tipper Gore's world. Um, and, and now it's, it's swinging back through, but there feels, it feels like there's something more, there's something more dangerous about, um, the, like the legislative push happening now that isn't just, you know, wacky people burning books, but it's being institutionalized and it's, yeah. So I'm, I'm not quite sure how to react. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I would I would once again encourage everyone to just read the bill. Um, it's it's two forty nine out of Iowa. I mean uh, two ninety four. I mean four ninety six. I said the number wrong three times in a row. It, it is four ninety six, and it is it is just a largely uh, like a, it it is a bill to stop trans kids from existing. Yep. Um, just generally that that's that's what the point is. It, there's also a lot of things that would prohibit teachers from allowing to check up on their, their kids, ask how they're doing mentally, or like uh, if they use any kind of other pronouns and what's on their birth certificate, they have to report that to the parents immediately. Um, it, it just is very transparently like one of these anti-trans pieces of the legislation that's been going on in this culture war. And it just has this very, it, it a bunch of, you know, very famous pieces of lit literature have also gotten caught up in this, you know, yeah. things that have, you know, widely, because I mean, sexual content is just, like whatever, you know, and yeah. also it, it, it does just say any, any, any conversation about gender. Um, and I, I think that has such a poor understanding of what it is. Like it, you can't not express gender. It, it just simply doesn't, it, like how, how could this law even be enforced? You know, I mean, yeah. it's happening to you, but like, yeah. what is the broad application of it, you know, really look like? God. Yeah, and like, <clears throat> excuse me, what also, does that count, like, if you're doing it for a joke, like, the countless Disney films where, like, a guy's wearing a dress, but it's, like, in jest, is that still, like, considered, like, gender, or, like, uh, playing with gender? And it's also weird to me, too, because, to me, text seems like the safest way to encounter any of these concepts like there's no picture it's not like happening it, like i don't know it's a it's a very strange thing to me i mean that's my first response is like i have kids who come to my office because they're addicted to pornography on their phone and they can't stop looking at it in class mm. and you're concerned about you know <laughs> maybe maybe you should stop uh yeah maybe maybe you should stop paying for your your kid's smartphone um <laughs> yeah, like right. It's it's so out of whack with how things actually work yeah. in our world. Well, I mean that that was another takeaway from the book itself. Is I was like, I just don't know. How, you couldn't have written the book like without having described the characters. Like 
yeah. you can't just exist in a world where like the, the you would have had to just, just describe the situations like a legal document for it to be anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the speaking about what is just out there, like it is so strange to go after literature to me because it is all just available. Like any amount of like depravity or smut is like, it, it's like just yeah. in Google. It's yeah. so accessible. That's I, I, I had a, a girl actually, yes, you know, say to me a, a couple of years ago, she's like, my, my bedroom is a whorehouse. My bathroom is a whorehouse. My everywhere I go is a whorehouse because I've got this phone and it just, I'm, I just want to die. And I'm like, can you stop looking? And she's like, no. You know, mm. that, I, I, you know, so I didn't, we went to the counseling center, you know, but mm. that, yeah, that's, that's where concern should lie, it seems to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's where her pain was there, not a, not in a book. Have you ever heard of uh, students complaining about the content of books and if so like what were the situations where that happened um yeah a, a couple of years ago um you know i i think my colleagues are pretty good at saying to people listen there's a there's a there's a scene uh in this book that um that could be upsetting to people if they want to if you want to talk about it mm. uh it, ahead of time or if you need to skip it that's understandable um i've had one person complain about uh how graphic can i be oh you can <laughs> say that. Oh, yeah. all right rip. In, yeah in uh the book the sympathizer um uh really cool book about uh you know a vietnamese man who was um uh it worked for the American government during the, the Vietnam War. Um, but he does uh, masturbate with a squid um, <laughs> at a certain point. And, um, yeah, there, I, a kid in class be like, oh, I can't. <laughs> I can't deal. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, and complain about the choice of book. It's an amazing book. Uh, so, you know, I... I and that's a college-level course, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. college-level course. We, yeah. we had a previous guest who was teaching an AP class in high school, yeah. and uh, they had a poem that I think described, like, there was, like, some mention of cum um, in the poem, and, uh, like, basically, uh, like, grassroots, like, you know, right-wing fear mongers got a hold of this, and then they they made a media campaign against this high school yeah. teacher for this AP class wow. and said that she was like hosting furry orgies um, and, and stuff <laughs> like just totally like off the wall stuff. But it, it is really interesting that a lot of this culture war stuff is happening at the school level because yeah. it is mm -hmm. very, very small government. Like with yeah. in, in Mankato here, you know, our school board elections are, are won by a handful of votes. And like these people can really affect change. And like, you know, for you, I feel like, you know, your book being on a banned list might actually get some more people to read it in some cases. <laughs> it uh, I, I had so many messages of congratulations um, <laughs> that, that came through after that was posted. It, That's um, wonderful. Yeah, so, it, it, you know, my morning started out just was furious but by the afternoon i'm like ah that's pretty yeah. cool <laughs> wow yeah you made i think you made 11 bucks off me <laughs> <laughs> all right hey. uh, 
but uh, um, but the people who are really probably going to have the hard day-to-day is the teachers who don't know if they can, mm. um, you know, check in on their kids or yeah. – I, and I, I'm hoping that as an educator, maybe, and as an educator of educators, you could fill in on what the the mood is. Like it, you, you said earlier about how the person who reached out to you, like, yeah. didn't even want to be. Um, yeah, yeah. So this is. Um, so I, I think maybe a, a reason why the book is even on radars in Iowa is I've done a lot of school visits in Iowa, um, and so. Uh, you know, you get invited as an author by librarians. Um, and the so this is somebody that I had worked with in the past who uh, sent me a message after the book came out. And she's like, I can't. Um, these issues are so hot in, uh, in my community that if I even raise a voice um, and, you know, and say, no, this book is not obscene, um, I can be fired. That, you know, mm. that she felt so, like, stunted, um, her inability to express, um, like, is such a big deal um, that she, you know, I, she's like, I can't even come out in support of books that I know don't match the, the intent of an obscenity <laughs> law yeah. um, for fear that it's going to swing back around and I'm going to, I'm going to lose my job and I can't lose my job. And so there is, yeah, it, it, you know, enormous fear. Um, and that's, you know, so I, I, I feel like we've moved from a time where we had people shouting from the right to uh, a place where people are acting and like, really harming, um, you know, kids and, uh, the adults who, you know, care deeply about them and, and want to help them have good lives. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a scary moment. It sounds like in that you're kind of speaking to the, the difficulty that, and you mentioned this too, Jacob, where, um, it's becoming difficult to even advocate for what you see as being right because of the fear of backlash. So it, it kind of like enforces the culture of like silence and, and there's like nothing, there's li- very little you can do to change the, change the minds of, of someone who might be making that decision about like, Oh, is, should this book be banned or should it not? Like you, you, it's almost like you can't say anything about it. Yeah. It can't you, so you can't engage in the conversation. There's, yeah. how do you, how do you, how do you change minds or or how do you educate if you can't engage in the conversation? And the law yeah. sort of specifically talks about how like educators can't like ask their you know almost inquire with their students about how they're responding to these things either. And so to your point about like the problem just being very apparently in in digital media and like the easy accessible yeah. stuff like I don't know if, if that's something that you also can't talk about, but those are the questions being raised. And it seems like there might be uh, limited situations where there's concern about the literary content, but definite like clear concerns about the digital content. Yeah. I think it's almost just generally silly to like try too hard to um, uh, withhold any sort of experience from your kids. And it's more because like, I, I grew up like a single mother household, only child. 90% of what I did with my time was go on the internet. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think the 
I think I understand it from an idealistic standpoint. And I do understand that we need to intervene if people are like directly like showing something pornographic on in, uh, in a uh, classroom. But it, it's just strange to me to even think like you can withhold like all sexual content from your child. It's just silly, honestly. Well, and the, the depictions of sexuality are often like not hot. You know, some of this is like, oh, like, um, like I know a lot of it that has come up has been like this person experienced a sexual assault and it's like, it's the theme of the book. And like, this is stuff that happens to kids, you know? So they, they should know. I I think that the progressive stance on sex education is that if they know they can report. Um, and, uh, you know, also just in terms of the internet, like the internet still is an awful place to be in general, yeah. mm-hmm. but also like in the age of like the, it, the internet's like puberty when like millennials were coming up, like yeah. it was like, like almost everyone I know has like some memory of going to like rotten.com or just something truly horrific and yeah. seeing like actual videos of like people being killed or something and that was just on the open internet yeah because you just keep <laughs> pushing the line you just keep like being like oh man boobs i never thought you could look up boobs on the internet how far does that go and like you it's i don't know the the i, I guess i'm just reiterating really unlocking stuff for yeah, people over there those are boobs on the internet. <laughs> See, there are there you didn't I, know yeah i don't know if you guys knew that but it's like <laughs> same place you are right now you can do that but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and you're choosing to watch this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, I especially with like the disenfranchising of like what teachers can do in the first place and access to money and like having to use their own money to supplement anything that uh, that they see a value that's not already provided. It seems like it would be really frustrating to be in that position. Um, uh, what's kind of your reaction? Not that you're allowed to share to like this idea that of like withholding information from students in the the first place, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I'm. You know, I I teach college. Yeah, yeah. And I, I I want students to feel like the classroom is a safe space. Yeah. Like you know that's that's a bottom line, and so you know if there is anything that I feel might make a kid uncomfortable in my class, I'll let them know in advance that this is coming. Mm. And so, but given that, I feel like I should be able to talk about anything. I mean, I, I teach creative writing. It's the entire world that we filter through, um, you know, ourselves as artists and, and make something out of. Um, I, I, and this includes, you know, your experience with rotten.com, we should be able to talk about that in the classroom and how it, it, it impacts, um, you know, our, our sense of well-being, our psychology, our, you know, our art making. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. And, and- Triple Balls is a media and event production company based in southern Minnesota. We specialize in multicam live streaming and sound and lighting for event productions. Contact us today to learn more or subscribe online to join our newsletter and stay up to date about events and things going on in the area. Thanks for tuning in. Back to your show. I I think that a lot of this right-wing backlash stuff is largely because of, like, the honesty that we've come to as, like, a nation 
more recently, like it's difficult for people to like look at things like, uh, I mean, a hot one right now is uh, the the atomic bomb because Oppenheimer just came out. Yeah. Like most people are like, oh, that was horrifically evil. Like how can we have national pride when like basically everyone says we shouldn't have done this thing and it was ineffective and it was genocidal and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. um, and like, you know, it wasn't like that when I was in grade school. Like yeah. I, I didn't hear that. Yeah. And now that's just like out there and it, it's hard to put back in the bottle. And I mean, we shouldn't, <laughs> yeah. but what do you, you know, that's, that's what freedom of information has done. Well, that, yeah. And I, you know, like the, the, the white guilt, right. So just talking about white guilt, well, it makes us feel, you know, badly about our country and if we feel badly about our country where you know we stop being on the same page and we can't move forward mm. there, I, why not be proud of the fact that we can talk about those things that's that's like the american experiment is that we can we can express right yeah. um and so you know having like trying to build build momentum and community and and like body politic around expression rather than the um you know your your hurting our sense of well-being by saying that we've done bad stuff in the past seems it's just antithetical to you know what the american experiment's supposed to be yeah um, yeah the sweep it under the rug and like don't talk about it kind of thing seems obvious that that would have negative downstream effects like that i mean that it's a big part of like why we're having the conversation in the first place and if the solutions to like ah well we'll just keep like not talking about that and and move forward with a strong <laughs> sense of civic pride yeah. <laughs> what devastation is to come for us not having talk, yeah, you know yeah. oh, we cannot learn from our history we must move forward punching through to the future yeah well the thing that the 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 horror that i don't want to live in is of course like having like this you know personal life where i feel like i'm interfacing with reality um, where I can like have a, a clear view of history and I can talk to people who have a good understanding of it and then be like, oh, but in the professional world, like I have to pretend that like people don't have, you know, a don't, aren't experiencing this reckoning or that like, you know, they're, they're like gender is a strict binary or, or something like yeah. that, you know, where I have to like constantly switch in between and it, it's hilarious because mm. you know the for all the the culture war complaining about like what it was like to live under the guise of like like the communist party or something it's like the, this is actual thought police behavior yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> straight up right yeah, yeah. like no we, you don't don't ask them how they're feeling like they might they might be feeling a little gay today like <laughs> <laughs> who of us have not woken up in the morning you know? yeah yeah <laughs> uh, yeah uh -huh. it, it that is that's right so you can't you, in order to uh keep your position in a company you have to pretend um, you know, or like even worse in the school district, you have to pretend that, uh, what you know, isn't true. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Then yeah. What, what kind of, kind of life is that? Yeah. And it, it is this kind of like real push to get parents to audit things. Like they want to, they want to put, they, 
they want to put a parent um, somewhere. Like they've they've talked about putting cameras in some classrooms or like allowing any parent to sit in at any time in any classroom. And it's like, how good? Like just imagine if that like was widely adopted. Like parents are just gonna go and sit in and raise their hand every few seconds and <laughs> oh your lesson plan apart. Oh my god! Imagine if they were Black like doing Mirror that episode. at like any other profession. It's just crazy to even think about. Like you are, you didn't go to school for education. I don't know why it's <laughs> anything past that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but you know, I I think that that you know, as I don't have like a whole much, a whole bunch else to say, so that people should look into it. You know, when yeah. it comes to this particular law, and like just make sure that it's not happening here. Like I, I I've said it before on this podcast. Like pay attention to your school board because I promise you, right now there are people with like big money who are trying to influence our school board members in this community. Like I promise you. Yeah. Um, And they're, they're telling parents that they're trying to steal your kids and surgery and all kinds of stuff. That's the craziest thing was when we talked to our friend, Jenny, she, the, a lot of the people that were writing in weren't even people who had experienced this or had kids who had experienced this. It was people that had heard from one news source that this was happening and then immediately wrote the school board endangering someone's like livelihood and ability to keep like paying for her family because of they heard ridiculous information from one news source. And I'm sure that's a lot with a lot of this stuff, like even just hearing that, oh, the school isn't getting rid of a banned book. All people hear is like, oh, there's something banned that they're not getting rid of. I don't I don't know if that's a great way to explain what I'm saying, but people just hear these things and they just go along with it just because like they're so scared of them without even actually figuring out what information is like actually being shared. Well, it's like responding to a headline and the headline may or may not even be yeah, yeah. relevant. When I'm talking about this astroturfing, um, so in, in the case of Jenny, there, there is a group here in Mankato called uh, Child Protection League Action, and uh, they, they, they fund a bunch of anti-LGBT like LGBT stuff. And they had found people who had complained about this teacher, and they found a parent who had asked a question, and they had a representative from that group go and like, be like, not only is that true, but here's more. Like I, I found their comment threads and they were immediately being coached. Like, so when I say that they're being astroturfed, I mean that individuals who raise a question in line with this kind of culture war stuff are being directly like confronted by a person whose job it is to forward this and being given materials and saying, Hey, show up at the school board meeting, disrupt like and yeah. these are the people who are like yelling about cultural Marxism and things like that. Like yeah. it's really off the wall stuff. They also have uh, pictures and proof that they like are like uh, involved with legislators. Like pictures of Jimmy Hagerdorn being like, "Love these guys down down okay. there" and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. But anyways, moving on from that, like mm-hmm. uh, just look into it because it's important and mm-hmm. it's in your community. But the other thing that's in this community is your book. <laughs> yeah. which is really delightful by the way i i think i would i would be remiss if we didn't just bring up like i didn't like i don't read young adult sports literature yeah. i know everyone <laughs> might be surprised <laughs> and I, i'm also not a basketball star <laughs> but uh, i did i did really in i read hooper in 
two sittings and it was just all right it was a it was a really fun read and it for anyone in this audience um you you might be too old for it but i enjoyed it and uh like it just happens here it, like this book is yeah. basically set in southern minnesota and uh if you're from mankato like there's a there's like a fist fight at amc there is that was yes. so fun i was like <laughs> I, I felt like i was hooting like <laughs> i was like there would be a fist fight at amc <laughs> <laughs> that's that's excellent yes but uh yeah no it, it's a it's a fun read and i and i i do suggest it and it's like totally it's it's totally bogus that that happened to your book and i hope a lot of people read it on account of that <laughs> thank um, you yeah yeah um yeah that is it's it's the only book i've written so far that is really explicitly like Mankato area mm -hmm. um okay. um yeah, it 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 does. It has it has the landmarks. I think Johnny B's is in yeah, there. They, get, they go in B's. and have some like they have some roast beef. Yeah, all right. They <laughs> got Patrick's, just they like Patrick's. me. Holly yeah. Eyes. They got AMC. They got the yeah. Red Jacket Trail. Wow. They, yes, they do. Um, wow. And, uh, yeah, it, it's fun. It was a little like a. You, there's a couple names changed, but it's it's definitely fun if you live yeah. here. Um, cool. But uh, what's your personal connection to the area? Um, you know, I've just moved here uh i guess in 2010 um okay. took took a position in the, the creative writing program at msu um and i i lived in north mankato for most of that time actually in tugas's cabin if you've been to oh the, i the, love the that cabin. place yeah i, I lived there for eight years yeah oh man yeah tugas has the coolest house it's awesome <laughs> sure i wondered about that i read your on your your uh, website i think it said he lives in a cabin with his wife and oh, i was like yeah. is that true i need to change it yeah <laughs> i did yeah i lived in 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 that cabin in north mankato which was excellent uh but then my wife was actually working for minneapolis st paul magazine um uh, and so we were commuting back and forth and we had kids who were young, but as soon as our kids got old, uh, she took a job at Gustavus. So now I live in St. Peter. Oh, um, cool. And it was, yeah, it was, I live very close to where the action takes place in, yeah. in, in Hooper. Yeah. So how, uh, what, what was some of the inspiration behind the story? I know Jacob mentioned that it touched on a couple local landmarks and, and stuff. Um, and then the basketball theme, is this, is this something that you, um, imagined happens in small towns in this area and wanted to kind of speak to it? Is this like something that was informed from a personal experience you had or? Yeah. I, you know, um, so I, I wanted to, I wanted to like, I really wanted to pull apart basketball. That was, okay. that was, that was sort of the initial, my initial push into it. And I'd written, um, I played football and I was, I'd written several books with football at sort of the center of it. Um, and again, it, you know, it is, it's just, it's candy for kids who like it. I don't see myself in books and, mm. but there's sports athletes will read it, which is ridiculous, even though my books tend to be more about the stuff that kind of happens underneath the, the, the sport, um, than the sport itself. Um, I wanted to write about, um, the big time basketball in Minneapolis. And, you know, so my first attempt at doing it was just having a kid who lived in St. Peter, a white kid go and play with, um, with black kids in Minneapolis and begin to learn that he uh, maybe has a pretty easy go of things um, mm -hmm. in certain respects. 
um, it was stale. It didn't work very well. And, and so I had taught English in Poland um, in the 1990s. And one of my students was this girl on the national, the Polish nas- national, like under 16 uh, team. Um, and she had this like really cool kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger delivery of one-liners <laughs> uh, that would crack me up. And so I thought, what if I kind of took her, like her coolness and tried to plant a Polish kid in St. Peter um, who has his own troubles. Um, and then, and then he is the one who goes and plays basketball. So it was kind of a combination of, um, I took this character in Poland and kind of split her in half. And one of, they end up making out with each other, which is the sexual content of the book. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, had this Polish kid go and play, um, play with, you know, really high level, uh, players in, in Minneapolis. Um, and it was a blast. It was, it was fun. And the kid is funny and he, he tries to make jokes, but he doesn't have the timing right. So there's a whole section where he's, you know, making jokes and nobody's laughing and he's trying to like, he's studying. Why is it that mm, nobody's laughing? Yeah. <laughs> the, I think the hardest that I laughed in the whole book was like when he was describing his, uh, adopted mother's ex and he says the shit man from Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I laughed really hard at that. Good. <laughs> uh, that's um, great. <laughs> but it, so the, it is kind of like the book is narrated in, in English as a second language, right? Yeah. Okay. It took me a minute. I yeah. was like, is this how young adult literature is written or is this yeah. a second language? So it took me a minute to adopt to that. This is the other thing is that, that, yeah, kids are reactionary. So I've had kids only read the first chapter and then email me and say, do you think we're idiots? Do you think that's the way we sound when, like when uh, we talk? And I'm like, mm-hmm. the kid's Polish. He's speaking. He's just. He's actually in the course over the course of the book. His his sentence structure gets more complex, and um, you know, and and one of his complaints is that people think he's stupid because he is he's translating at first. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So people don't understand that he's he actually gets stuff. <laughs> so you yeah. answered the email, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yes. I, I think you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I wrote this book. I've had teenagers before. <laughs> I had a coworker who uh, spoke 14 languages, but English was the last of them. So sometimes he was even like doing all this crazy mental gymnastics. And yeah, yeah a, a bunch of our coworkers totally thought he was like slow and is like, no, that's like the smartest guy that works right. here by a lot, yeah. actually. <laughs> Uh, well, and and that sounds like a story that, um, you know, students might have some personal experience with, too, is like meeting someone from a, a place different where, than where they grew up and, yeah. and you know, needing frameworks to understand how, how they might be interfacing with reality. Yeah, I, you know, that like my my intent with a book and at the the beginning you know when i mean when i moved the my dad my dad is uh my dad grew up in brazil and he grew up started he spoke french and portuguese and then moved here um and he talked a lot about the um you know just like the way he suffered in learning english mm-hmm. and and you know how how much but he felt like when he came to the us in the 1960s um, there was this like support for immigrants that, you know, mm. people were actually excited to meet him. And, and, you know, I think, um, the, the debates about immigration, um, in the country and the way that, that 
our immigrant kids are treated in our schools, um, you know, from from a lot of other kids, not not from the administrations necessarily. Um, that has changed in the perspective that you know uh, an immigrant is actually a boon to our community. So I, I, that was something that I wanted to talk about. That this is when you come across a kid who's having a difficult time explaining themselves in a second language, it is not stupidity. It's, they're learning the language. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's almost like literally the opposite. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. This, I, have you heard that that for every language you know, you're you have the you have the value of another human being. So, Ooh. you know, the kid, guy who's speaking 14 languages, he's worth like 14 of us. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. his story is super cool too. He like was the vet in his village. So then he had to become the doctor when the doctor in his village moved to the city. So then he had to learn like 12 languages in like a year time so he could help all these people. It's a really cool story. Yeah, I'm wow. sitting there with Duolingo, you know. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, um, what are there any are there any actions or responses that you're like theorizing or planning with the way that this has gone down? Is there anything you have to do, or you just press tour and call it good? Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> um, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I like I love Jacob's response, um, and and I think, you know, like I said, this is this is this is really new to me. I've I've had people complain about you know, the F-bomb in books, but having mm -hmm. a book banned for political reasons is, is different. And, and to, to recognize, you know, that it, you, like you say, it is happening here. Uh, and, and there are, uh, you know, what do they, what do they say when they say that teachers are teaching kids to, to, you know, be trans? What are, what is oh, that? They, oh, grooming? They say grooming. grooming. Talk AstroTurf, you know, what you described, mm -hmm. that is grooming. Right yeah. when somebody has a complaint against a teacher, and a, a political actor comes in and teaches that person to to be wicked, yeah, um, mm -hmm. that's that's grooming. And so you know, to to be aware that that kind of thing is going on in our community, and then and then to participate in the political process and make sure you're voting your values, uh, that that feels like our best defense. Um, is there anything else that like uh, we can do as community members or citizens besides like voting for city council and school board to help authors struggling with this right now? Um, that's, you know, immediately I'm like, well, you should buy the books. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a great answer. No, I, yeah. I think that's an awesome answer. Yeah. And, and so I, I do think, you know, if you look at that, that list, there are the list from Iowa, there are, there are, you know, like Jacob said, there are there are classics on that list. There are, um, you know, new books that are particularly geared to to kids who um, have been mistreated, uh, you know, by our system. And and I think supporting those authors and supporting supporting people who are doing serious work uh, to protect, um, you know, the the health and well being of our children is is excellent. It's a great mm. place to start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, there was one story that uh, was kind of getting told before we started recording um, that I'm wondering if you want to touch back on at all, Jacob. It was like a story about how you'd seen a video of somebody reviewing the book. Oh, and yeah. I don't I, know if there was anything there, but it sounded interesting. Yeah, I mean, I just I was just Googling around for the book itself, and there was just like this really, like, I, I just typed it into YouTube, and there was this like, 
uh, South Dakota. I think it was Sioux City. Their 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 library had like uh, these three like young black siblings reviewing the book. Um, and the, the only thing I thought was really interesting about it is they hated Mr. Doig and Mr. Doig is the worst. Um, if you read the book, it's uh, no Mr. Doig stands here. Doig free zone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a really realistic character. Like I know a bunch of like, like, like I'm going to like save these kids by like yeah. being an authoritarian and you will call me sir and I'm going to put them into the system. Like I, like when I was reading the book under the impression that people were like racially uncomfortable, I was like, Oh, they, they thought like Mr. Doig was the hero of the book coming yeah. in and act two. And it turns <laughs> out he's just a douchebag. Like, yeah, um, I, I have to, I, I have to believe that you know, they're, they're challenging it because it's that stuff that makes them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It cannot be the leg touching and, yeah. you know, mm. the very heteronormative kissing that takes place <laughs> yeah. in that book. Well, Which is, is yeah. there something to be said about the review process that they've implemented or is that something? Yeah. So the other thing was, and this is kind of a big nothing burger in my opinion, is that, you know, the people who don't want the books to be read are also not reading the books. <laughs> and they took the language from the legislation and ch plugged it into ChatGPT. And ChatGPT help helped, you know, generate a list of books that had that. So uh, there was a, it was a big internet article, like uh, I think Popular Science and The Verve and like all these other people are like, they're using ChatGPT to j ban books. But the real story there is that, you know, they used... Uh, prompts from Republican legislation about getting trans kids out of school as prompts for chat GPT to decide what books to remove. Like it, it's, it's classic. It, it's classic laziness. Really. Yes. Um, the, I, I think it's, you know, AI fear mongering there, like of all the things we should fear about AI least it's that it's going to make, you know, lazy right-wing assholes more lazy, um, <laughs> maybe more effective. Yeah. Like, lazy and effective. There is, uh, Something, something. Like that. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, is there anything else you would uh, want to make sure we talked about in the podcast, either about the book, its reception, or anything like that? Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's been a couple of years since the the book has been out, and it's it. I you know, like like we said, it's kind of it's kind of exciting that it was newsworthy for a week. It, I mean, it came out in twenty eighteen. Um, okay. And, uh, but the, the, you know, I guess, I guess, you know, I don't, I don't know how many parents listen to this, but I, I would in, encourage parents to go to public libraries in particular, because I think that they have a little bit more freedom than school librarians, um, you know, and, and ask those librarians, Hey, what are what are the what are the new books that are um, you know addressing sort of the fundamental um, political issues mm. and and issues of identity um, in our times and um, and and have your kids read those books because that is they're also going to be the the, the spokespeople for um, uh, I guess pursuing truth in you know a decade or a couple of decades from now so. Mm. Um, you know, go be be an active participant in your child's life, but not in trying to protect them from books on the on the other side. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you want to help inform the conversation, maybe maybe seek out the ones that you would want them to be exposed to. Yeah. Um, 
because I think too, that's probably um, part of the challenge is that parents feel like they're having this decision made for them. And so if you wanted to be proactive about something like that, I, you know, I'm sure that you could find your, your version of propaganda or, or yeah. informative and interesting content. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that's, that's, it's our, our only defense against this stuff is to be activated. Right. Uh, mm. and, we have to care as much about it as the the people who are um, trying to hinder our freedoms. Um, yeah, freedom, just you know, basic freedom of expression and freedom to like seek truth. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a call to myself too because I'm a lazy ass. Well, you know, yeah. the the other thing, the thing that's really bizarre about this whole thing to me is that. I would imagine if you want to be such like a like a culture war parent, like why wouldn't you just follow your kid's school curriculum and read it? Like just yeah. read the curriculum and then, you know, when something comes up, be like, you know, actually, no, we, we shouldn't listen to immigrants and Mr. Doig is the man and like <laughs> this book is dumb, you know, like just like that seems more effective in training your kid than obviously isolating them from any kind. Like because you're going to see. If you're isolated, the world is going to smack you in the face at some point in time. That's, I, that's a like a, that's a really good conversation, right? Instead of instead of getting rid of things that you find offensive, train your kids, right, to mm. to poke at that stuff and to make decisions about it rather than hide them from it. Because if you, I mean, we were all kids, and you went to Rotten.com, mm -hmm. and your parents probably never suggested that you do no, that. No, they didn't. I yeah. don't think they ever knew what it was, and it doesn't exist anymore, to my knowledge. Yep, yeah. <laughs> that stuff I'm sure has ended up someplace. Um, yeah, or, it's mean, not gone. Yeah, yeah it's just the, you. You can't get to, that's like not on the surface level web anymore. Yeah, yeah, think. yeah. Okay. Um, uh, um, but you know, having having being provided with challenging. Um, intellectual information is excellent for your kid because then they have to they have to think about it and yep. they have to it's probably have conversations a, about it. Right? A great way to build like um, strength or or uh, resolution or something yeah. uh, when it resolve. comes resolve when it comes to making decisions about some of the stuff that is like easy to come by and and more of a problem if you've got like. Uh, history of dealing with these things in like a in a comfortable setting of a school or something like that where you're having these conversations that seems like a great way to 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 build you know strength and, and figure yeah. out how to handle some of that stuff so what what is the fear that you know that is like being addressed um by these by these bands that the kids you know just in being, um, you know, in my case, the kids are going to notice like that the main characters enjoy making out, so they're going to want to make out. But in in different books where there might be like more uh, sexual content, um, that they'll want to experiment and with that kind of thing. Or if it's political content that they're going to become, um, that they're the parent will have lost control over the the sort of like ideological bent of the child. Um, that, that's it. That's the fear. I don't, I don't believe it actually. Um, you know, it, I don't believe most of the fear 
at all. I, I think that, you know, most of these people who are writing this type of legislation and, and things like that are either like actually, you know, genocidal towards trans people. Um, they hate them and they want them to not exist mm -hmm. or they're like muscling for position within their in, in like increasingly right wing, um, you know, parties totally tendencies agree. towards that. So like, you know, you write this, this, you know, ambiguous bill that says really very little and just broadly makes people like us live in fear to like, it, you know, express how the world works, you know, especially when there's like no actual data that these people are in danger to anyone but themselves if they aren't listening, listened to. And so it's, it's like, if it, there would be data there to support them if they genuinely like had those feelings. Uh, so it, it makes it pretty clear to me that it's like just general hate on top of like trying to get the good graces of someone. That's just what it is. That's what it is now. I, I believe that, you know, uh, trans issues and immigration issues are where, you know, th this election is going to take its people are going to take their stand there. Mm. Um, and I mean, you know, it I, I feel like on the other side, there's, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk about, you know, how we're going to handle abortion in the future, too. Um, but it it is those are those are the hot topic culture mm. war issues. Um, you know, they, they want to chop off the tea. Um, yeah. and, uh, I, I don't think it's going away. I'm horrified by how transphobia has become publicly acceptable in almost every space I can imagine. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're a trans person listening to this, I, I support you. Yep. Um, I, I Same. hope, I hope that, uh, I, I hope that you are safe and not in Iowa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Transphobe, come catch these hands. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's what it is. I, I think it's a political football, you know, because it, it, it is difficult to imagine, like, you know, what is the, that's, that's what I say every time. I don't, I don't meet a lot of folks who are, you know, trying to tell me that they don't want to have uh, abortion rights because in Minnesota, it's pretty popular to, to have them. Mm -hmm. But when I do meet someone who's critical of that, I say, well, how will you carry women to term? Like, what, like, what will you do? when a person becomes pregnant and like, how are you going to force that individual to have a child and guarantee quality life of the child? Mm -hmm. yeah. well, but that's oh, that's outside of the scope yes. of the project, yeah, yeah. but it's not because in Louisiana, they, they just forced a six, uh, I think a sixth grade girl to have their rapist baby. Yeah. Like, it just oh, yeah. happened. It was like front page time news. Yeah. And, uh, like, that that's where the, that's where they're at down there like yeah. um and you know she's going to school with that baby you know whatever like it's horrifying you know to imagine and that's exactly what they said wasn't going to happen you know yeah but here we are well do we want to leave it on that note or is there somewhere <laughs> we can take it <laughs> Hooper was nice. <laughs> it is. And I, I do want to re reiterate that it, it has some, you know, it's got some politics and stuff in it, but it, it's really, a, it's a very sweet, funny book. So yeah, yeah. pick it up. Read, read Hooper. I mean, I, I really went through it with a fine comb and I think I highlighted like eight paragraphs. Yeah. You know, it yeah. just, it's uh whatever they're saying it is. It, it's not. It, it hardly is at all. Buy Hooper. Buy banned books. Mm -hmm. These books are too hot for Iowa folks. Get yours now. <laughs> 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 no, but for real. Uh, yeah. 
do your own uh, look into the reason these things are being banned and don't just trust that they're getting banned for the right reasons yeah mm. and, uh, what's your socials you want to plug your socials and your website and yeah um, sign off here? I'm at just jeffherbach.com or gjherbach.com you can either one works uh, for, for a website um, jeff.herbach on Facebook and Jeff Herbach, one word on Instagram. Um, and if anybody friends me, I'll start posting stuff because I'll feel a responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, yes. And that's Jeff G E O F F. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Great. Thank you. I, Thank I you. appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for coming and talking yeah. to us. Um, shining a, shining a light on it. And, uh, it's been a re- excellent conversation. Thanks.